Good morning. You are listening to UCC 98.3 FM and it is currently 10.05 a.m. So welcome back to our Movie Stellar show that is every Thursday at 10 a.m. This is Megan speaking and I am hosting this show for the second time now. I'm sorry for dipping on you guys last week. I was a little sick so I had to kind of stay at home but uh, that's why we have so many things in store for today like actually um we're gonna have a more laid-back atmosphere today uh the first episode two weeks ago we talked about barbenheimer so that was kind of explosive and very pink i guess um but uh, right now we are going to focus on some autumn vibe movies so this is something that was picked by you guys once again um I will be uploading another vote on my Instagram for next week, soon enough, maybe even today, so you can decide what you like to hear about uh, for next week. So, um, if you are uh, at home, grab your coffee. Uh, if you're listening to this on your phone, grab your coat and go for a walk. It's raining outside in Cork today, um, and it's perfect vibe for what we have in store today. Um, while I set up everything in here, of course, and play a couple of tunes... Uh, this is Eyes on Fire by Blue Foundation. Ha 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 
That was Eyes on Fire by Blue Foundation. So, <clears throat> a perfect way to start off uh, this episode, uh, mainly because we all know where the music is coming from, and we are starting off with Twilight, I think was the best choice um, to talk about. Um, this autumn vibe, and it's such a classic, it's such a classic movie, like a franchise that nobody can forget. Um, even the people who are really not fans, um, everybody is talking about it and everybody knows what it is. Um, so I thought that would be the best way to kick this off. So talking about Twilight, um, uh, as we all know, it was first released as a book uh, written by Stephanie Mayer. Um, and I actually remember seeing them all on shelves at home when I was a kid. My mom was collecting them like goodies and uh, they were all kind of doubles of each book like from the franchise. And I remember staring at it and being like, mom, what's this? And she was like, you'll read it later on in life. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and she actually was the one who showed me Twilight and that's how I got in on it. And I think the big thing that contributed to me personally was the fact that I was sitting um, in my living room back home and um, <clears throat> for the first time when I watched it it was autumn I think it was and it was like the leaves flying around and everything and I was like oh wow this is great like so yeah and uh, uh, let's get back to this sorry I just kind of started talking about my own life but uh, in 2008 so in 2008 uh, it was supposed to be produced by uh, Paramount but Summit so, sort of uh, snatched it, uh, hoping that they could produce at least three movies from the mayor's books, like back to back, in order to save up some money. And look what happened. They actually produced all of them. So good for them. And uh, director Hardwick uh, showed a lot of things to mayor, kind of to hit the feeling that they were trying to create, which of course is um, necessary to contribute. So... Another thing that I found was that they actually modeled characters in 3D before shooting some of the more experimental scenes. And I'm not talking about the ones from 2012 movies or 2000 whatever. I'm talking about the first one that came out in 2008 um, and some some scenes like the baseball playing or James versus Edward scene, etc. And oh God, when I think about that, got goosebumps every single time. Um, so, right. And of course, like another thing that contributes to all of this is that it's set in Forks. And I remember thinking about it. Where is this? Where is this? And I kind of wanted to go on Google Maps and I wanted to search it and I wanted to know everything about it. Um, and it has like, I guess, sort of a very, you know, at the beginning, she says there's only about this, this many people living in Forks. So it's like a little, a little place with a little amount of people compared to like big cities in America and it, it, it seems to like forever be autumn there because it's always raining it's like the most rainy um, <clears throat> city in the area um, so that's what sets the atmosphere for uh, Twilight um, and uh, I've got some other goodies so basically back to school subgenre I suppose what we can call it um there's many of these um and i think i picked this one because it has like a special feeling to it you know like these movies are kind of about reminding us of a new beginning it's the fresh start of a new high school year and whatever um so yeah very generic but uh very impactful as well um and the ambience it's cool too so like no other than mean girls it's such a classic like for the 
for the autumn movie that you have to sit down and kind of look at if you haven't seen it yet. Um, so I did a little bit of research and I found out that casting was done apparently according to a popular demand as Lindsay was auditioning to be Regina first, um, but didn't make it because she wouldn't be accepted as a villain. So uh, Seyfried also auditioned for Regina, but was accepted as Karen. And I remember I was listening to something about this and they said she just kind of fit this role of being a dummy, I guess you can say, which all right <laughs> sorry amanda but um uh, and another thing that i found was that regina's hair was actually a wig only and um i will never forget when gretchen was saying look at her hair she's full of secrets and like everybody thought it was her uh, her actual hair but no it was a wig so that's a bummer i guess and um uh, they did this because rachel actually didn't want to dye her hair blonde um when I watched Mean Girls, I actually didn't know that she did not have blonde hair in real life. Like, I thought this was her. So, yeah, I had to kind of be punched back into reality. Um, another uh, back-to-school movie that I chose on the list was 10 Things I Hate About You. You also have to sit down and watch this one. It's such a good-feeling movie. I don't know. It just, it's just, it's a, a, for me, at least, um, <coughs> Heat Ledger. Um, uh, but yeah, of course, it has these like back to school vibes as well. Uh, it's a comedy with a little bit of drama. Um, and uh, it's starring Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles, um, which she is deemed as l this like untamable um, girl. You know, she's like a problematic student. Um, and he is a very cool, well-built, uh, conventionally attractive troublemaker as well. But they're like different worlds. And... Um, uh, they both kind of cross each other's paths, but see now things get complicated later in the movie. I don't want to spoil too much. I feel like there will be a moment when I'm going to spoil a movie, uh, today. I want to apologize uh, for myself, like, um, but it's going to happen. So heads up for that. Um, as I tend to kind of ramble and ramble on, but, um, Watch this movie so you can find out, does this give birth to true love or not? Um, to see how this ends. Um, another one that I wanted to list here, uh, as we mentioned drama, is Dead Poet Society. And I think that if I, if I talk about this movie being like the classic autumn vibe movie, nobody can take this away. As in, nobody can say that it isn't. It really is. I've actually watched this movie for the first time, maybe just a couple of months ago and I remember there was a girl back in high school when I was back in high school and she was telling me about this movie she was like you have to watch this you have to watch this it's so good I was like yeah okay I will and um I kind of forgot about it but then I watched it I don't know recently and I was like where <laughs> where was I like um so talking about Dead Poet Society um the plot is I guess you could say intimate um, it touches upon a topic of male adolescence, adolescence anyways. So, um, it kind of straightens them into thinking not only one specific, you know, thing is right and one specific thing is wrong, um, which is important. You know, they can be versatile, cunning, romantic, etc. And this is all brought to them by a teacher at school um and i'm so i'm trying so hard not to give away too many things <laughs> but um 
the point is that it helps them understand each other and um and it helps them understand i guess w- women as well you know it's about it's about growing up it's about this little gang of guys and you know everything that they do and there is drama um and i must give you a heads up if you decide to you know sit at home today and each and every one of you listeners has to pick out at least one of the movies that i will say today to kind of sit down today wrap yourself in a blanket and just be cozy and watch a movie any of these so um if you do pick to watch this movie i must give you a heads up there is a little bit of a heartbreak um <clears throat> some somewhere at the end um so uh, as i said yeah drama unveiled itself at the end and uh I'm I'm trying not to spoil it. I'm trying not to spoil it, but uh Mr. Keating, uh the dear professor is going to um is going to have a hard time there at the end. Um so another one which I guess is could well yeah, it's the same subgenre. It's the coming of age um uh the breakfast club so i think probably a lot of people already watched this one uh but it's a classic drama uh, that once again revolves around adolescence uh questions in life you know <clears throat> and uh they're introducing i mean it is a generic thing for american filmmaking but they kind of introduce this these like different characters in an interesting way um because these different characters that they introduced were like resembling <clears throat> sorry resembling different components of society i guess society as a whole there was the pretty girl uh, the outcast the troublemaker the geek the jock whatever and um all of them kind of confined in a single classroom so i guess the question you got to ask yourself then is like is there enough space for all such strong characters i mean it, you know cuz by this they are pointing out that each and every single one of these character actually is important of course so continuing with drama another uh film that i would recommend is little women um and it's so i mean for a woman as myself it's so moving like it, it i mean other than the beautiful imagery of autumn and the feeling it implies little women is a really powerful film to kind of stir up some intense thoughts you know um I mean especially aimed at a female audience of course um something that kind of sticks with I guess everyone uh is when Ronan kind of says woman is not only meant for love and I remember I saw this a couple years back and I remember I saw it not long after it came out and I was like this you know teenage girl and I saw this and I was thinking to myself oh my god Do you know I kind of had this like moment of waking or i don't know how to call it um but it's definitely worth the watch and of course based on a book uh that everybody knows so i'd say uh give it a shot definitely give it a shot and um another one that and this is definitely one of these movies that is like such an autumn vibe it's set in new york it has leaves flying around everywhere wind carrying them whatever you've got mail so um a classic movie and you should see me i'm just sitting here in the studio i'm like laughing so much i mean i'm smiling like so happy to announce this movie but um hanks and ryan were actually taught how to use technology on set and how to send emails to each other too cuz at the time back at the time i mean not not many people even like high end society you know hollywood actors uh had a lot of access to these kind of 
you know, computers and how to use them and everything. So um, the director actually taught them how to kind of send emails to each other for the purpose of playing the role, but also, you know, to kind of um, show them how it works in general. Um, <clears throat> so that was a fun little fact that I found about this. And um, so, yeah, sending emails to each other was, I guess, a beginning of a romance, um, uh, which is an interesting way to kind of, it's portrayed in an interesting way, I guess. Um, it's it's like one of these things that we talked about in our in one of my film modules last year, in my second year, previously, um, where we talked about how it can be, you know, portrayed in film. Things could be different, whereas when you're sending emails or you're uh, sending text messages and stuff like that, like you're not there in the moment, but you're still talking to this person. So even today, people are kind of thinking about that. And then I can imagine like back in the 90s when a movie like this came out or like, you know, how were people like, <clears throat> sorry, how were people like, oh, okay, they're not really talking to each other face to face, but they're still kind of, there's something going on there, you know? Um, so I think it's a fun thing to explore, definitely. Um, another very romantic movie that is a must watch, a must watch is The Way We Were. This was shown to me by my mom and uh, I, thank for, I thank her for it every single day because uh, it, it really, it moves me. The movie really moves me. And um, it's just this very old classic kind of romance. I don't know. Um, I don't want to unveil myself as too big of a romantic, but uh, I'm kind of, it's like I'm trying to keep it a secret, but pretty obvious. I mean, um, so Streisand played a vocal student advocating freedom uh, in different places. She was putting up signs, you know, um, she was kind of, I guess, um, ahead of her time for a role that she was playing. Um, she had like a deeper understanding of the world around her. Um, and, uh, and of course, there was Robert Redford, um, which is, as always, stealing the spotlight uh, in a good way, uh, sweeping her off her feet. Um, and that's how the story uh, sets off. So um, it has implications of the army how you have to travel, how does this work, you know, of course, there's drama there, um, he needs to go, uh, she has her own inspirations, she wants to do uh, some things for herself in her life, you know, and that's why I think that's why I like about it so much, it's like, they're both their own people, and, you know, they both want things that they've always wanted, but it's so hard to kind of have that, and yet have a stable, you know, relationship but not just in that sense is to have somebody who's truly with you uh forever um so uh another one that i will mention not to run out of too much time is goodwill hunting i'm gonna brief us on that uh quickly and then play a little bit of music um so this movie was a uh actually written by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Um, it's a psychological drama and it, it takes place in South Boston. Um, Boston was actually the birthplace, I believe, of both of them, of Affleck and, and Damon, I think. I'm pretty sure I am. <laughs> and, um, wow, film student. <laughs> but... Um, so the story, as I said, takes place in South Boston and the protagonist is a young offender who just got released uh, from jail and works as a janitor. Um, but he has his own inspirations in life 
Um, he shows a great deal of talent for certain things. And uh, there is an older man, uh, played by Williams, who tries to sort of help him find his way into this world, um, trying to let him in on more freedom. Uh, I think once you end up in a place like that, if you go to jail and you come back from that world, uh, your your life changes completely. So... <clears throat> Uh, definitely something worth exploring to kind of see that side of stories as well. Um, so, right, not to lose too much time, I'm going to play a song or two and then we're going to kind of jump to another genre. We've been talking about drama, back to school, uh, romance, whatever, uh, for the longest time. So I got fantasy coming up for us. Um, so I'm going to brief us on a couple of movies as well. And I hope at least some of you are kind of, you know, if you're working from home, just kind of, you know, open another window uh, on Google and kind of, you know, Google all these movies that I'm talking about. Because I, I really, I my wish is that... Um, all of you kind of watch at least one of these movies today um, and then I will consider it a success. Right, wasting time again. So I'm going to play uh, Just Like Heaven by The Cure and then we'll be right back with some fantasy.
we are back and uh of course i had to mess something up so um don't blame me guys it's only my second time um playing the same thing <laughs> um so let's get back into fantasy as i promised so um i think there's there's actually quite a few of these that are like really big classics i guess because well halloween i mean um but the first one that i listed is hocus pocus from 1993 um so as it's an exciting comedy wrapped up in a fantasy of course a, a story about a witch a trio i guess yeah um which is uh sort of resurrected by uh, a teenage boy on a halloween night um so yeah very classic situation um it was distributed by disney um and at first it was uh not a big of a box office hit as they thought it would be um uh, but later it grew among the audience um mostly because it was aired every october um near halloween um disney kind of bought different channels and then aired uh you know the same movie every year so they pushed it to the limit and they forced it so much and people started loving it so uh, it's not a bad movie though of course it's not a bad movie it's it just wasn't accepted as as they thought it would be um at first um so i guess yeah commercial strategy kind of pays off especially if you're disney um and it is followed by another sequel which was released um actually back in 2022 so last year um and of course the reason why i listed it is because from the costume design to makeup establishing shots everything is kind of screaming autumn um uh, and they they have these three witches they have like these kind of dresses that look like all princess like i guess but it's kind of really turned into this witchery it's i i think everybody should just give it a give it a go and kind of take a look um invite some friends over and it's a it's a really fun movie altogether um so another one is nightmare before christmas also came out in 1993 um and it's an absolute classic i mean as in i remember i am um, when my aunt my mom's sister she uh she she kind of sat me down and she said like have you ever watched this i said no and then uh she told me like well you gotta it's a big classic you know and then um we just kind of sat there watched it and i got it really into it and i remember i kind of asked her the next day like can we watch this again you know so yeah um i loved it so much and everybody you know whenever somebody kind of mentions oh my god halloween's coming or something everybody is like <gasps> night before christmas <laughs> everybody is loving this um so um it's a love story uh between jack um which is a skeleton he is the protagonist and sally um she's like a female version of frankenstein um and uh, she helps jack to explore his curiosity about uh christmas land so um kind of not to give away the whole plot of the story i'm just gonna say yeah he needs to kind of feed his curiosity he kind of because like they are coming from halloween town right and it's a totally different world um uh each year they're having like a big celebration for the season you know halloween is coming and whatever um and i remember like the very first scene is kind of this introduction in in the halloween town where they're living and like it's for me at least it's such a good 
way to kind of introduce this. I don't know. I remember I was like so thrilled. I was looking at it and I, I couldn't take my eyes off of it. Um, and uh, one interesting thing that I actually wanted to mention before I move on is that so Jack, the skeleton, the protagonist, um, there is multiple people playing him, voicing him, actually. So Danny Elfman uh, is actually singing for Jack, right? Um, and Danny Elfman is actually, if you're not familiar, somebody who is closely, uh, who has closely worked with Tim Burton. I think he was also in Edward Scissorhands and um, what was the other one? Zombie Bride, I, I'd say. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, so they worked, like Tim Burton invited him for uh, for Nightmare Before Christmas as well. And um, basically... There is another person then uh, who is uh, like voicing him as his speaking voice, Chris Sarandon. Uh, and there was even another person to represent Jack uh, as the story went on. Uh, I guess they casted many people to kind of perfectly execute this. Um, and uh, it worked out quite well. Um, so the next one that I would like to mention is The Craft. It came out uh, in uh, 1996 so it's another centerpiece revolving around um, witchcraft and uh, this would belong I guess both under fantasy and actual horror um, as like dark feminine is explored it's probably it's presented as problematic um, even though it is a classic like there are some kind of moral issues I guess that need to be uh, addressed is kind of um, <clears throat> exploring how these girls, these witches are, you know, becoming like uh, power obsessed and kind of kind of turn against each other. Okay, no, no, I promised I wouldn't spoil too much, so I'm not. I'm just going to shut my mouth for this one. Next up is Fantastic Mr. Fox. It's a Wes Anderson classic, uh, an animated film about, yes, a fox and his family along uh, with him trying to survive how should I phrase this? Um, forced intrusion, maybe, of his own thoughts. Uh, so uh, Mr. Fox is a very well-dressed fox, you know, um, but also a chicken thief and uh, a real troublemaker. Uh, he can't kind of resist the temptation to explore his neighbor's uh, his neighboring farmer plantations. So you get the gist, basically. He wants to steal. And... Um, uh, it is actually voiced by George Clooney. So that's another interesting thing that you maybe didn't know. Um, and uh, his wife, Mrs. Fox, is voiced by Meryl Streep. Um, so they're, of course, a powerful duo in this kind of magical stop motion story, um, which is made actually after a book of the same name. So um, a bit of a spoiler alert, I guess. If you sit down and decide to watch this one tonight, uh, it might make you cry, you know, just a little bit. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying anything really bad happens. I'm just saying it really is touching. You know, it's this life story and it kind of it kind of does really touch you. Um, next up, and I can't believe like there's probably some people out there who are like, oh, when is she going to mention this? Like, did she forget Harry Potter? So, um this one is actually for my friend Nika. As as I am a film student, I know so many film students and so many, you know, film enthusiasts and whatever. And nobody, nobody loves this more than my friend Nika. Like she is obsessed with this. So I decided to kind of go on air today and dedicate this to herself. Um, I believe she's listening as well. So there you go. Shout out to you. Um, 
so yeah, it's a damn well-known classic. Uh, Never gets old and definitely recommended for kind of a chill Saturday marathon to watch them all in one day, if you can. I believe, I, I've seen a TikTok actually recently where somebody was like, I'll, I'll watch all Harry Potter movies, see if I can fit them in a day. And I think they managed, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so uh, Harry Potter, the protagonist, the centerpiece, everything uh, is entering <clears throat> through a wall, um, uh, never mind, uh, a world of magic, so uh, Hogwarts in other words. And... Uh, that's probably the most well-known fantasy school in the world. Um, his friends Hermione and Ron uh, are to become the most iconic trio along with him Og of uh, Hogwarts. Um, so uh, there are some actually really interesting facts about the franchise which you might uh, or might not have known. So I'm gonna actually read these because I remember I have a little I have a little list here actually. Let me just open this up. Um, right. First thing that I found was J.K. Rowling, so the writer, the creator of the story originally, uh, and Harry Potter have the same birthday. So, well, yeah, I guess done on purpose. Um, the director of Prisoners of Azkaban, uh, his name is Alfonso Cuaron, got Watson, Radcliffe and Grint to write essays about their characters from a first person point of view. So they all responded exactly as their characters would. And I had to bring this onto the show because I thought it was so funny. Because um, Daniel, he wrote a page. Uh, Emma wrote 10 pages and Rupert didn't deliver anything. He said, I didn't do mine because I didn't think Ron would or that was my excuse, dot, dot, dot. It felt right because that's what Ron would have done. So um, I guess that's kind of interesting to see, you know, a little bit of homework set for them even before they kind of get into the roles. I think they, I think that kind of helped them as well. Um so uh, uh, one of the things that I found along with this is that Rowling has said that Edinburgh is very much home for me and is the place where Harry evolved over seven books and many, many hours of writing in its cafes. Um, and the last thing that I want to mention before I move on to the next one, it says that the Hogwarts motto is also Latin and says Draco dormiens nunquam Titilandus, which means never tickle a sleeping dragon. Um, so that's another interesting one. I think we all know the very basic Latin phrase um, that is uh, in the Harry Potter movie. And so moving on to the next one, uh, before I run out of too much time, is Pan's Labyrinth. Um, it is a Mexican dark fa fantasy written and directed back in 2006, spoken in Spanish, of course, um, and I guess the way you can describe this maybe is as if it's like uh, Alice in Wonderland for grown-ups, basically. Um, <laughs> but uh, this does not take away from its own charm. So the story takes place in Spain um, in the summer, uh, summer of uh, 1944. Um, it says five years after the Spanish Civil War. So um, the narrative kind of intertwines these real worlds with a myth. Yeah, I guess mythical world uh, centered on an overgrown abandoned labyrinth and a mysterious fawn creature with whom the main character Ophelia interacts. So there you go, a little uh, a little synopsis. Um, and the last one that I want to mention is Frank and Weenie. So it's one of these like really, really adorable movies um, that I remember watching um before I, I don't know how long ago basically it was just 
this movie that was also kind of shown to me, I think, by somebody else. And um, I absolutely loved it. It is one of the cutest animated films um, uh, set for Halloween. And it's this little dog called Sparky. Um, uh, and he is friends with uh, a little boy um, who is, I guess you could describe him as kind of nerdy, antisocial uh, boy in high school. Um, and they're kind of uh, adventure um as they tend to be best friends so it is a stop motion film and uh, another interesting thing is that it is entirely in black and white uh, i guess to add to the spooky feeling um but as much as it is spooky it's definitely a heartwarming story about two best friends as well right um i have a little bit of time left so uh for the last section i'm gonna hurry up and i'm gonna play another song for you guys um and then we'll move on to two or three uh, briefings, uh, short briefings on some horror. This is I Fuck Mountains by Pink, Pink Mountaintops.
great. So quickly, 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 I got to wrap this up um, <clears throat> not to run out of time. So last thing that we wanted to talk about was the actual horror slash thriller. Um, it was time. Like, I guess there were some people who were waiting on this for uh, the entire episode. And I was just here talking and babbling about, oh, my God, Edward and, you know, whoever. So um, time to get into it. So the thing that I wanted to list here um mainly because i actually watched it recently so i kind of you know wanted to give it some uh attention as sometimes it's um i don't know not mentioned enough maybe so jennifer's body great movie came out in 2009 um so uh, yeah as i said like i recently watched it it kind of refreshed my memory um of megan fox being a total bombshell <laughs> um in a body of a nymphomaniac i guess you can say she's a teenage girl but um she eats boys so um her story originates when uh kind of a maroon five wannabe band i guess uh they want to become popular and um therefore they must carry out a ritual to uh, gain their popularity so yeah stupidity at its finest but it's really interesting in the movie and um uh, so basically uh jennifer was sort of the victim but she resurrected and came back as this girl that eats boys so that one's back on you guys um and she does well not herself somebody else kind of uh, carries out uh, revenge in her name at the end of the movie because this uh, wannabe boy band is kind of stayed al stayed alive until the very end um so uh i guess um if i should mention the characters um there is so megan fox of course jennifer and needy played by amanda seyfried um a nerdy girl which is uh presented kind of as a less conventionally attractive girl than jennifer um i wouldn't say that she's necessarily living in her shadow um but kind of sort of is you know but without minding it um and uh, I definitely think that you should give it a watch. Um, it's a fun little movie. Um, I like it is kind of fantasy, I guess, as well, but definitely a rather place in horror uh, rather than any other genre. Um, another one, which is an absolute classic and one of my most favorite things in the world. Oh, my God. And this was actually bought uh by my dad so shout out to you dad because i know you're listening as well he um he bought my uh he bought a dvd of Coraline, and he brought it back home to me and he said you know i kind of thought i'd give you this um if you want to watch it so Coraline is uh one of the top 10 uh halloween cartoons and uh, not for myself but at least for everybody else i think too i love it so much um and <clears throat> it's kind of exploring um of course the autumn vibe uh but uh the life of Coraline the protagonist and she's moving to another uh home in a small town and things kind of become a problem later as uh she realizes um she kind of finds a pathway into another realm um that looks the same but everything looks better and of course this is becoming problematic later as she realizes that her other parents are kind of forcefully trying to make her stay um so basically um not gonna give away the very basic you know uh, uh the very basic thing about Coraline and how you differentiate the real from the bad world or however however you want to call it um but i think you should give it a watch and you should definitely research it a little bit because there are some uh theories about it as well that i found 
Right. Um, so I'm going to wrap up now. My time is coming to an end. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope I kind of passed on the message on to you. And I hope that you're all, as I said, going to kind of lay down this evening, uh, grab a blanket and watch some of the movies that I mentioned. So without further ado, I'm going to play some more music as a farewell to you until next week. I'll be talking to you on Thursday at 10 a.m. again. And uh, I'll show, share my socials with you uh, so you can kind of follow along and because uh, I'll be putting up a vote for next week too. So it's UCC underscore movie stellar on Instagram. That's where you'll find me. Um. This is Full Moon by the Black Ghosts and um, I'm going to say goodbye to you now guys and I'll see you next Thursday at 10am. I hope you enjoyed. See ya! When the phone turns white, that's